Hello beautiful humans, this is Alicia from Ethical Wellness Programs and you are listening to the Heal in Motherhood podcast, the show that combines the science of the mind-body connection and trauma research along with spiritual teachings and practical tools to help women heal their lives from the inside out and reclaim their inner goddess while showing up as the person, parent and partner they came here to be. If you like what you hear on today's show, please don't forget to leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app so that we can grow our community and impact as many women's lives as possible. Hello, welcome everybody. I'm excited. Happy New Year because this will be in the new year now. So I hope everyone had a awesome Christmas. I know Christmas can be a challenging time for some. Um, so yes, I hope that you overcome some of your triggers and your challenges over Christmas and use it as a um, catalyst for growth and change and transformation. We've got Charlie on with us today. So my co-host, if you haven't heard already, I do have a co-host now and her name is Charlie. And we're going to be exploring matrescence today, which is something that we're both really passionate about. Charlie's a mum of three and she is also a female entrepreneur and just an absolute powerhouse, actually. Like I decided to bring Charlie on the show because I just love her passion and how she really speaks up for what is true for her. She's just a powerhouse and I just resonate with her message and what she's bringing to the world. So welcome, welcome beautiful queen. (laughs) Thank you so much darling. Happy New Year. (laughs) Yeah, that's exciting. It will be on this day's exciting. Yes. All right. So is there anything you want to add to that before we get into today's topic? Oh, look, it's a big topic, hey. So, and we were already talking about it so much before we hit record. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a big topic and there's so many things I can touch on, but let's rein me in at the very beginning because you know what I'm like. Otherwise, I go crazy on this topic. So what is matrescence? I know we've spoken about this on the podcast before, but not with me and you, but we're going to just take it a bit of a layer deeper and we're going to go a little bit deeper into what it actually is today. So what is matrescence for all the people that don't know what the hell we are talking about? (laughs) Oh God, okay, where do I start? I think the first thing I'm just going to mention before we even dive into that actually is like as a mother yourself, and I'm sure you can relate to this. This is a feeling that I've had. And, you know, the women that I work with, whether they be clients, whether they be friends, whatever, there's so many women that have sort of said, like, I just feel like I'm failing in everything. I just feel like I feel like I'm failing in my relationship. I feel like I'm failing in the workspace. I just feel like everyone else has their shit together and I'm just keeping my head above water, right? If you, we've all felt that, haven't we, as mothers? Um, mm. Another thing that comes up a lot is why the hell does no one tell me it's like this? Like, why does no one talk about this? Why does no one tell me what it's like on the other side, you know? And so I wanted to speak into that first because any of the mothers that are listening to this are feeling that way then first of all, I need them to know that they're absolutely not alone and they are by no means failing. 
because there is a very real, very tangible, very scientific rite of passage, you know, that takes place when we transition from maiden to a mother, whether that is for the first time or the 10th time. And Julia Jones says it so perfectly when she says every time we birth a child, we also birth the role of the mother. This is a part of us that we have never, ever been. And with each child that we birth, you know, we unearth a new layer to ourselves as well. And so this is a very tangible, real thing that happens. And so a rite of passage is this transformational transition, right? And we go through many through our lives, you know, when we have our first period, for example, that is also a rite of passage. That feeling that we feel when we become a mother, where we're in this awkward space of, I like to call it the space between, we're no longer the woman we were, Mm. and we're not quite the woman we're meant to be. This is matrescence. That feeling of what the hell is this? Why do I feel like this? Mm. Why does the world now look so differently to me? You know, all of those layers, that is matrescence. And if I'm going to liken matrescence to anything, let's talk about adolescence, because there's a lot of scientific literature on adolescence. There's a lot of knowledge and understanding and kindness and compassion around adolescence. And it's something that we've also all experienced for ourselves, right? We're no longer a child, but we're not quite an adult. We're in this really awkward, confusing, confronting time in our lives where we don't know what the hell is going on with our body. We don't know where we fit in, you know, in our family or in society. It's the time when we start to really question who we are, what we believe. Yeah. And we can all relate to that because we've all experienced that. Mm. That is the exact same thing that happens when we transition from a woman to a mother. It is matrescent. Mm. It's the exact same thing. And it impacts us physically, mentally, emotionally, hormonally, socially, economically, and culturally. It's a big deal. (laughs) And it should not bypassed like it's huge (laughs) and we've all felt it we've all felt this kind of really awkward space between when we're like what is going on with my body and why are my emotions everywhere and I really just think I want to sell the kids today but oh my god I don't want to be without them for a single day and I love my kids so much and I want to be this mother but I'm also this woman that wants to contribute to the world in this way and we've all gone through that and that is what we call the inner split as well so it's so layered like it's so layered and no one talks about it or not enough people talk about it. Mm. So is that actually a question in short? <laughs> a long-winded <laughs> Charlie way to go about it? No, that was a beautiful way to explain it, I think, because we get so much more in-depth and richness from you talking about it on that deeper level and really explaining it so beautifully. So thank you. I feel like that definitely answers what matrescence is. I think it is interesting how what you were saying about the adolescence, because what came up for me is this also this idea of what we think it means. So when we're and I'm witnessing this with my child at the moment, you know, when we're five or six or whatever, we really think that we want to be older. We want to be she she wants to be 10. She wants to be 13. She wants to be older right and we go through this with the mother as well when we start to think about becoming a mother we're only really seeing what the benefits are we're only seeing oh we're gonna have this lovely beautiful baby 
And like with the teenagers, oh, I can't wait till I'm driving. I can't wait till I can stay up and watch TV. I can't wait till I can go out without my mum and dad. But then we don't hear about the other realities of actually what happens Mm. to us or for us, you know. So that's kind of really what came up for me is this, the the expectation doesn't meet the reality. And what Matrescence is doing is really shining a light on that reality for us because it's important for people to know and understand what the journey entails so that we can better prepare and have a deeper understanding of like you say it's that rite of passage it's like having that deeper understanding of what's actually happening for us in that moment Mm. so that we can have the tools and knowledge in place and I feel like even just having like an understanding of like you're meant to be crazy fourth trimester of your pregnancy and your hormones don't rebalance for the first five six months even post cramps after you've given birth to the baby all of these things that you don't really know about or you're not told you only learn it within that experience and I feel like if we are given a bit more of a heads up the transition just becomes a bit more easeful and smooth yeah absolutely and it's almost perceived in our culture isn't it that well nothing really changes now you just have a beautiful baby just go about your life like nothing's happened you know you might get back into those dreams you might not when you're going to go back to work there's no real acknowledgement value understanding as to what a big deal it is Mm. and I think that's why I'm so passionate about it as well because ultimately what then ends up happening is we have generations of women that feel like they have failed and they feel like they're the only ones going through it and they feel like they're the only ones struggling and you will know yourself you know in the line of whether you do with trauma you know one of the very definitions of trauma is when you're experiencing something you don't really know what's going on or you don't have the tools and the resources to really you know put language the right language to understand it in order to help you move on and to heal and to to grow with it and for me it's really important that by having the conversation it helps women to really have a deeper understanding that yes it is a very normal transition you know these are normal feelings and emotions that we experience but also that you know having the language when you can say oh my God, it's not just me, this is matrescent. Mm. Like that is such a beautiful thing to go, it is not just me, I'm not just crazy, I'm not, you know, and even for the partner, right, not just for the mother but for the family unit, like Mm. talk about this with your partner because when they've got a deeper understanding just how big a deal this is, they can also approach you differently, talk to you differently, care for you differently. So in their mind and in your mind, you're not just this, completely different version of yourself to what you were because in all honesty like nothing is untouched by motherhood Mm. nothing and yet it's almost like we just want to skip past it as though it hasn't really happened I think that's really damaging because then there are so many women like I say that just feel like they're failing and they don't want to talk about it because no one else really does or they don't have the language to explain what is happening you know that's why I do talk about it to plant the seed and it's interesting and what I've noticed is very interesting especially since I've worked also in the pre and postnatal space is 
you know, I can talk about this to brand new mothers mm. and I do so in a way that's really kind and compassionate and I plant the seed for them because there's also this detachment of, well, no, like nothing changes. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to go about and do my thing and that's your experience and that's all. It's only then when I start to work with women that are on their second baby or on their third baby or their fourth baby and they're like, oh, my God. Mm. Oh, okay, this is a thing. I didn't know that this was a thing. I thought it was just me. But I want to talk about it early so we plant the seeds so when that new mum, if we can catch her before she falls and we can literally plant that seed for her so she goes, oh, I remember someone talking about this. I know I'm not the only one that experiences this. I know that this is just matrescence. I think there's something really powerful and really beautiful in that. And I think traditionally we are beings that thrive, community and connection, and we would have or should have, you know, learned about this in like women's circles you know your our elders pass on that knowledge our mothers and our grandmothers and our aunts and all the women in our community would talk honestly and openly about well this is what happens and this is how you might feel and there's mm. no right there's no wrong it's all very normal and it's about navigating this space between we're no longer who we were we're not quite who we're meant to be either you know it's uh the space between and I guess that's really where that idea comes from for me of like using this journey as that catalyst for the change and transformation and growth because it really is that gap in between and what we do there that that makes the difference right yeah it's in that gap between that we can choose something different we can choose what what the path we want to go down I think one of the sort of biggest places I guess that you see this show up is within the workspace because it's not just about educating mothers and partners. It's also how it shows up when we go into work. Because I feel like for a lot of women and mothers, that's where the biggest disconnect kind of happens. Yes, it's a real challenge because the moment that we have a baby, we are literally split in two, you know. And again, we've all had that that feeling and some refer to that and some describe that as, I guess, a loss of identity. Like I'm no longer who I used to be and I see the world in a really different place and I want different things now. Like I want to be at home with my baby. And I'm just going to put out there first and foremost that mother, the role mother requires no further title should you choose it not to. For those women and mothers that do feel that they, they're deeply passionate about their work or, you know, they feel they've got a sense of purpose, you know, this is where there's a lot of struggle as well because it's like, well, I want to be this mother. I love my baby so much. Mm. But I also want to be me. I want to be the woman. And there's something in this world that I want to create for myself or that I want to be of service to. And they literally feel like they have split into two. And it's such a hard place for women to navigate especially when as a culture there is no acknowledgement of the transition that's just taken place either and this is where we get that sense that they're failing I'm failing my kids I'm failing myself because I'm not being the mother I want to be but I'm also failing at work and you know what statistics show statistics show in the workplace that women in the workplace automatically if they are a mother you know they don't get offered as many job promotions they are judged even by other women as being seen as maybe not as committed or, you know, not as passionate about the work that they used to do. And that is absolutely not the case. I know many mothers are deeply passionate 
about their work and they are still deeply committed. They're just navigating how they also have to and want to be a mother, you know. And I mentioned that mm-hmm. saying with you at the very beginning, we are in a society where we are we are expected to work as though we are not a mother and mother as though we don't work. Mm-hmm. And there has to be this place where we integrate. There has to be this place where we intertwine because we can't separate this. This is not something that we separate. It is now part of who we are. And actually, it is a freaking superpower. You know, when you step into this mothering role, and you will have experienced this, as I'm sure many people that are listening are, will have experienced. Matrescence begins the very moment that you start to consider that you want to bring children into this world. Mm. And the reason I say that is because you automatically start to look at the world very differently. You start to think about the things that you eat, you know, the environments that you're in, what capacity you have to show up in the world. Like it begins then. Mm. And then when you transition into motherhood and you go through all of those different layers and those transitions, again, you see the world completely differently. You're no longer about the I, it's about the we. And usually it's about the collective we. It's not even just about the we within the home or the we within me and my children. It is the we as in a collective of mothers. Yeah. Mm. And it is so powerful. And mothers have this ability to see so many different perspectives. And within the workspace in particular, I just, I really wish there could be more support around mothers coming back into the workforce. It's also Mm. why so many women leave the workforce. They leave because they meet what we call the maternal wall, which is Mm. they automatically bow out of certain promotions or things for themselves because they don't think they've got the capacity to do that and be the mother they want to be, or they're automatically shut out because, Mm. you know, the workspace doesn't see that they've got the capacity either. So what we have is a lot of women leaving the workspace. Maybe they start up their own business. You know, that's why 80% of people in network marketing, for example, are women, are mothers, because they still want to generate and income and contribute to their family, but they've got to do it in a way that honors the mother that they want to be and the season of life that they're in. Mm. And we just don't have that capacity in our culture. And it, like I said at the beginning, it's not just about the mother either, it's the family unit. And one thing, as you know, one of the reasons why we sold up and left because the system we're in doesn't support the family unit. It wasn't working for us as a family, Mm. being pulled in all different directions. You know, me really deeply committed to the work I was doing because for me, it's my identity and it's something I'm so passionate about. But I was feeling like I was failing over here as a mother because I'm, I consider myself to be quite a conscious and aware mother. And I'm really passionate about showing up and being present with my kids. But then my relationship was failing because my husband was out working all the time because he's taken on the generational belief that he has to be the income provider still. You know, it's Mm. so mixed and it's so intertwined. And yet when we could really work with a mother and say, you know, imagine having a conversation with a mom. You know, if you are someone listening and you work with mothers or you employ mothers, have the conversation around, okay, so we've just gone through this huge transition. How do you see the world now? What capacity do you have now? Where are you most creative now? Because birthing, you know, growing, birthing and sustaining human life is one of the most creative things we'll ever do in our lifetime. And it unlocked a whole heap of creativity within us as yes. well. It's deeply passionate, like a deeply feminine energy, you know. Mm. Imagine someone coming to you and going like, I know you've just gone through this whole thing and I know that you are going to see the world in a completely different way. You're going to be super creative. 
but we have to really honor your ways and your surges that you're going through. Like, talk to me about what you can give this company now or whatever it might be, because I know that you're different and I know that you've changed and we want to tap into that superpower. Mm. Imagine having a conversation like that with an employee or an employer or just with your husband saying, I'm stepping out of that job because I don't want to be there anymore. I'm going to go and follow this passion over here because this is going to really serve me and my energy and the way I can show it for my family. I think it is a really missed opportunity within our society to really acknowledge the transition that's happened. Because I think ultimately, if we do that right and we hold the mother right, we hold the family unit right, everyone wins. Everybody thrives. And, you know, you, I'm sure you've got so many examples for yourself, mm. how it's changed and shaped you as, you know, change of career or the way that you start to see the world. And I've had friends go from not really caring about things like, you know, toxins in their home to being like full on everything is toxic free. And, you know, it just changes everything. And we don't talk about it as being a thing. If nothing changes, apparently. We just now have this beautiful kid. No, everything changes. Yeah. Everything changes. I really resonate with that idea of like how it helped tap into your creative power and how you do become more creative when you go through that process of becoming a mother. And that's been really resonant with my journey. And before I had Rosie, I was teaching yoga and I was doing massage. And I knew that I didn't want to be a massage therapist anymore. It was so hard on my body doing the two physical things with the yoga and the massage. And I thought they would blend really well together. But most people know my journey who were listening to this, but I had a lot of physical trauma during pregnancy. Yeah, so that felt really hard and heavy for me. And once I had Rosie, my second child, I just knew I didn't want to go back into doing that. And it just opened my world. It was just like, well, what can I do? What skills do I have? And my first sort of entry into the online space and the online business, and also looking at the life I wanted to actually create as well. Like I knew I didn't want to be out of the home and away from my kids. I was like, that's not why I've had children. Like I've had children because I want to be with them. I don't want to put them into the daycare full time and all of that, that didn't resonate with my vision. And look, I know some people don't have, I guess, privilege of being able to do that, but we were just in a good situation and we've created that for us because I knew that wasn't the path that I wanted to go down, right? Yeah. And yeah, once I had Rosie, I was like, I don't want to go back into doing that massage. So I started to look at other avenues and I thought it's really interesting how you said, about a lot of women going in multi-level marketing companies and creating their own businesses and becoming entrepreneurs and starting to create a really different lifestyle to what we have been conditioned to believe is successful and normal and how you get by in life. So for me, yeah, it really did open up that creative process and allowed me to step into becoming a business owner and an entrepreneur Mm. myself and really getting clear on what my vision is moving forward for me Mm. and my family and that looks different for everyone you know it does and you know even within that like there is such a lost opportunity and you know like I'm very similar to you like I've worked for myself like I've never been 
a corporate. I tried it once. I think I lasted two years. And I was like, get me out. Like, I, I'm just not a corporate person, never have been. Me neither. Um, <laughs> and so I've been really fortunate that I've been able to adjust and adapt and like lean into the things that really light me up. But imagine even within the corporate space or within, you know, the workspace, if employers are able to have those conversations with women as well, and they're like, okay, so what you just said there is like your ability to think outside of the box and to really create something different that really fits, like I said, the collective we. And that is a skill set we all have. Imagine bringing that as well into the workforce. It's like, okay, so now, like, you, you know, not only are you more time efficient because you have to be as a mother, not only can you, you know, conflict resolution, you know, because you're going to need to do that <laughs> as a bloody mother. There's so many different things. It's like you know how to pivot and you know how to like be in challenging situations. There's so many different transferable skills mm. that we also acquire as a mother that the workspace does not take into consideration. And, you know, a lot of women, I wonder, I do genuinely wonder, would there be so many women leaving the workspace if their needs were being met, if they were being seen and heard and acknowledged for all that they are as a mother now? Would they even leave? You know, they leave because they can't do both. They feel like they can't do both or achieve both or thrive in both. It's like something has to give. Mm. And it's that, it's that point of discomfort that leaves women to go and create their own businesses. And, and like you say, someone to be at home more, you know, if there's more movement and flexibility within the workspace for that, would they do that then? Maybe they still mm. would, maybe they wouldn't. But I just think without this understanding and without this conversation, like for me, it should just be a very general like HR matter where you just go in and you have a conversation with the new mum and go, right, how does this look now? Um, I'm a huge advocate of women. And I just, I'm always so inspired by mothers and their ability to just change direction in a way that really holds the family unit together in a system that just doesn't do that mm. and because that's the thing as well it, it is about the family unit as well because we, we we're in a generation now where men really want to be actively involved with the raising of their kids yeah. and want to be home when their wife or their partner any partner whatever that looks like for you two weeks paid paternal leave just isn't enough to really support a woman as she transitions no. to motherhood for the first time especially if there's been physical trauma, especially if there's mm. been, you know, C-section surgery, especially if there are other children at home, there is not that support for her. She's there and she's navigating that transition on her own. And a lot of the time now, the partner wants to be involved. I know my husband does, like he wants to be fully involved as a dad. And he has made comments before, you know, back in the day. And we, we were challenged. We were challenged a lot in our relationship as we transitioned into parents, for sure. One of the things, you know, and again, it's an unconscious thing. The guys can sometimes say, or the partners can say, oh, well, you know, I'd rather be the one at home with the kids all day. And you're like, would you though? Would you? <laughs> and he's had that experience now where he has been stay at home dad. And we're both around 100% of the time, you know, because we had to do something radically different that was going to get us back into alignment with the ways that we want to parent, mm. the ways that we want to show up in our relationship, in the work we want to do in the world. And what we were doing according to societal standards and expectations and trying to do both and failing at both, well, not failing, but like average at both, we just needed to change it. And I think so many people can relate to that. Mm. And I think a big part of that is because we just don't honor, acknowledge or understand this rider passage, mm. this huge transformation that takes place. 
And, you know, matrescence is not a word that people know of. It's not. And yet we all know about adolescence. We all know about that period. And there's like a grace period. There's an understanding that our teenagers need to sleep more and they're cranky more because their hormones are everywhere. Like we have this, we don't like it. We don't love it always. We find it challenging. Mm. But there's an understanding and there's a compassion and there's a kindness around it. Mm. And yet for a new mother, none, you know? Yeah. How do we change that? And we can only change that by having conversations like this and making that word matrescent kind of a an every household word. Everyone knows what that word is and what that means and what that looks like and what that feels like. Yeah, so that they can get the support that they need as well, I think. So if a mum is listening today and she is feeling that inner split where she is sort of feeling like she's in the messy middle of motherhood where she's not the person that she was and she's transitioning now, she's in that transition phase of becoming who she wants to be, what sort of advice or tips would you offer her? How could she go about kind of finding some more surrender into that process, I guess? I think you've just used the key word there. I think first and foremost, it would be, for me, it would just be an acknowledgement of what you're going through right now is real. And it is not all in your head. And it is not, it is, it's a very real transition. It's huge. And so first of all, I think it's just that validation that that truth is real. I think secondly, as well, is just to mention that they're not alone. And this is something that every woman, every mother experiencing obviously in variable ways. But I think the thing I've recognized and for myself and for the other women in my life, whether that be friends, family, clients, whatever that might be. I think the ones really struggle with this transition the most are the ones that really hold on to what was. Mm. And so it is this element of surrender. Letting go. It is this like, there's no going back. We're Mm. a mother now. There is no going (laughs) back. Like it's an evolution. And this is the thing, like in so many other cultures, this rite of passage is like honoured. It is like an upgrade, you know. For women and they are just like now you are becoming the woman and in our society it's like we diminish in value because yeah well you're no longer as available you're no longer as you know maybe you're no longer as sexy maybe you're no longer as fun you know no longer as employed it's almost like we diminish in our value mm. and I think that that's a huge issue and so we desperately try and hold on to who we were and the life we had and the body we had but honestly I think that that <laughs> And the body we had, like my body's never got If I look back at pictures now, I'm like, she was actually pretty bloody hot, <laughs> but it's not quite the same now. But I'm never going to look at myself in the mirror either. And I think it always comes down to, and in the work I do and in the program that I'm now creating, there's a very specific strategy and approach to kind of redefining what this time in life looks like. And one of the mm. biggest things is kindness and compassion and just really holding yourself with kindness and compassion as you would your child because when you are a mother whether again it's the first the second the third or fourth time you are just as vulnerable as your children Mm. and so it's about holding her with kindness and compassion and going all right we're no longer who we were or where we were this is where I am now this is the messy middle this is the space between and I'm learning and Part of the difficulty, I think, and part of the challenge is, and again, something that I myself have experienced, is the expectations that we have 
of mothers and of ourselves Mm. within this time as well that we should be able to do it all easily is a big one. Well, you're a mum, it should come natural to you. It's natural. easy for you. Yeah. It doesn't always come natural. It's still right. something that we've never been before that we have to learn. Mm. You know, we've never been responsible for human life before. And if we have, we might have been responsible for one. Well, now we're responsible for two. Mm. So how the hell do I split that? We forget that there is a an evolution of learning within this as well. And it doesn't all come naturally. And it isn't all really instinctive and a lot of that is because there's so much external noise and expectation as to how it should be and what is a good mother Mm. what makes a good girl and a good woman and all of those things and so a lot of it is unpacking and unraveling well what is my belief around a good mother what does a good mother do and is that my belief is that the way I was parented is that generational is that societal expectation the good girl always wanting to people please please everybody else but yourself because that's what makes you a good wife and a good mother and a good woman Mm. there's so many layers to this and so it's a complex it's a complex answer I guess to the question because it really involves an element of like you said surrender surrender to what was and really be with what is Mm. and that's where we get to redefine what it is for you now who are you right now? How do we take the the imperfect action each and every day that allows us to evolve into the woman we're always meant to be? Mm. And for me, I think motherhood is a very spiritual transition as well. When I say it affects us mentally, physically, emotionally, and all the rest, it also really affects us spiritually. Mm. And so it is. It's a surrendering. It's a, a letting in and allowing what is to be. And that can be really, really challenging really challenging and I think that is in fact the biggest challenge for us especially when there's no conversation that says or that prepares you for that yeah and we're just told that nothing changes when in fact everything changes yeah beautiful I think what I'm hearing you say is really like looking at what your belief systems are and starting to unravel those ideas of what motherhood should look like and letting go of some of those really exploring those expectations that you've put on yourself or that society has put onto you it's about that awareness of when you're feeding into those narratives and when you're showing up in those narratives of oh my baby shouldn't be crying or it's too loud. I want to keep them quiet at the coffee shop when I'm having a coffee with a friend or it's those things that make you feel anxious as a mother. Yeah. Really noticing those things and seeing, okay, what belief am I holding on to that's creating this this anxiousness yeah. within my system? Yeah. And you know, I make an effort now and I really encourage everyone to do the same. Like if you see a mother I even saw one today like a brand new mother she's got a three month old like go over and just check in you know like wow you know how old is your baby you know I always say like how old is your baby you know how old is your baby because it's a good in you know a good um a gateway in but ultimately what I really want to know is how is she you know and I said how is your baby on three months and how are you how are you going right now and you know what? It's so funny because this woman never met. This is three. I've done this in the last week with three mothers. Oh, funnily enough, all with three four-month-old babies, all first-time mums as well. 
and I'm just some random woman coming up going hey dude like how are you how's how are you and how are you because that's the thing we do in society as well isn't it everything goes to the baby everything's on the baby and we as well always focus on the birth everything's about having the perfect birth and everyone's like I want to come around and see the baby no one looks up to the mother and says and how are you how the hell have you you know how are you and where are you at and so I always make a real conscious effort to do that with with mothers and honestly the second you ask that question they've never met you before but you're another mother and they just go oh my god well you know what like I think I'm doing all right now but no one told me it was going to be like this and they're kind of sleeping but they're kind of not and they literally like unravel instantly because Mm. it's like no one asks them no one ever creates that space to hold her and have that conversation and just check in and how the hell are you so I would love to encourage that yeah it's interesting yeah I think it's interesting as well because some people don't know how to respond to that question because Mm. I remember asking one of my mum friends how are you feeling how's your body feeling and her response was I left most of the baby weight at the hospital so I'm really happy about that that was the response and I was like okay someone is disconnected from how they are feeling right now (laughs) because there's such a dissociation and a disconnect for most of us and we want to be seen as we've got it all together and we know what we're doing and nothing is phasing us and like this motherhood thing is natural and it is easy and I'm the same as everyone else and I'm going really well a lot of people aren't open to those conversations as well has been what I've noticed in my experiences and hey I was this person as well you know not really seeing how everything was playing out when I was in it because I was so dissociated and I was just trying to get through and that was my trauma pattern. That's yeah. how I coped with things. Yeah. Seeing the silver lining. Oh, well, I've got this really healthy baby and at least she's here. And we've just got to be grateful that she's come out and she's healthy and there's nothing wrong with her. And it's like we have these really messed up ways of mm. thinking and not allowing women that space to actually speak their truth and say, actually, this has been really tough and it's been a lot harder than what I ever imagined it would be. And there's different layers to that as well because, you know, that's self-silencing and that's something that we do as well, you know. So the first part to what you just said then Mm. is is self-silencing and we do that that both sides, right? We do the self-silencing when we don't really want to admit that we're struggling because it's a sign of weakness. I'm a mother and it's natural. I should know what I'm doing and therefore I'm just going to self-silence. Mm. We also do that when we've had a really beautiful and positive experience and it is actually yes. all amazing. And we self-silence again because we don't want to potentially offend or trigger another mother that had a difficult time. Yeah. And then the other aspect of that is in the early weeks and months in particular, we are fueled by adrenaline and oxytocin because we're in that bubble of like, this is kind of survival, but it's also like this mixture of just absolute love and adoration and blah, blah, blah. Like it's just a bubble, isn't it? Mm. And so often what I've recognized and certainly for myself, again, it wasn't this real kind of transition that hit me immediately at all. It wasn't like, no. oh, my God, this is really hard. For me, it was like, this is amazing. Like I, I was at a bloody house party with a five-day-old post-Caesar. Like who mm. does that? I mean, now I look back and go, you mental. But, you know, for me, it was the accumulation over time of how motherhood had affected me. And so I would say it wasn't until my firstborn was maybe even about two that one day I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, everything has changed. 
my relationship has changed. How I feel about my body has changed. The way I feel about the work I want to do in the world has changed. I no longer have the same relationships with my girlfriends as mm. what I used to have. It wasn't until it was the accumulation that I realized what a big transition it was. And so I just wanted to highlight that because for some people that might not resonate that are in the six months and it's like for them at the moment, it's amazing and it is beautiful and they're really enjoying it. Again, it's just about planting that seed. So when the accumulation happens, which it does, it happens to us all, you know, Mm. and there is a moment of accumulation whereby like lack of sleep, maybe the body, the hormones haven't fully reset and it can take up to four years for your hormones to really reset and settle down. And there's so Mm. many different things. And, you know, maybe you realize that you don't go out with your girlfriends as much because hubby's working and you can't get out as much. And so you don't realize that it's impacted your social life until one day you do. Mm. So all these little things that kind of are drip fed to us through motherhood that for some women, it isn't immediate. And for others, you know, it is immediate. And for others, it's two years down the line when they realize that matrescence, what that is and what that looks like and the way that's impacted them mentally physically, emotionally, socially, economically, and all the other things. Yeah, I love that you brought up that point because for me, it wasn't really until I had my second child, Mm. yeah, that I started to notice the effects of pregnancy and motherhood and all the shifts and changes that we talk about in matrescence. I think if I'd have been introduced to matrescence at an earlier stage before I'd had Rosie, my second, I would have been like that where I'm like, oh, this is the most amazing thing ever. Like I love being a mum, which I still do. You know, that is my overall view. (laughs) But also it's that duality is of being allowed to, giving yourself permission to be like, yes, uh, motherhood is amazing but also this is really hard or this is something I'm really struggling with. So like I said, for me, that was really on the physical, but also what you said about the connections. And I feel like this has been because of the business journey as well that I've gone on and I've done a lot of healing within myself, but also those connections, like those friendships, a lot of friendships have definitely shifted and changed and changed and fallen away. And that's obviously another one of the transitions but we are starting to go over time now and I wanted to keep these episodes as digestible as possible for everybody you not learn from working with me <laughs> um, and there's so many layers to this that I feel like we could probably talk at least for another two hours <laughs> oh at least take a deep dive into all the different shifts which I think like we'll do in another episode. But is there anything you'd like to finish with before we say goodbye today? No, I think we've covered a lot. So I think just allow that mm. to settle. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, yeah, just allow that to land for you in your body mm. and just allow yourself to receive all of that without judgment, without expectation. And I'd be really interested to see if anyone sort of interacts, you know, what I guess what it has been their experience of matrescence. Yeah, we'd love to hear some stories. It's all different, yeah, and it's all valid and it's all important. Yeah, absolutely, and I thought it was interesting how you said as well the self-silencing because you've had, I had a really good birth, but within the mother's group I felt like I couldn't express Mm. that because there'd been so much traumatic births for people. 
that I really self-silence. So yeah, they can play out and that these are your trauma patterns, right? These are your patterns that you've had. They've not just been created in motherhood. These are normally lifelong patterns that you've been carrying with you. They're just highlighted and unearthed in motherhood. So yes, we're going to finish there. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Please share your experiences with us, with Matrescence. Yes, me and my other friend Katie have also set up a support circle for mothers of spirited children. So if you're struggling with your child who you feel is really strong-willed or a spirited child and you really feel like you need some support, then we do have a sister circle that we've created every other week. Just reach out to me and I'll send you all the details. It doesn't really matter where you are in the world because it is online at the moment. Yeah, so I think that is all that I have for you this week. Namaste and we will chat soon. Namaste. Thank you. Bye.